0: Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives! Many people try to get money that isn't coming to them. But I once had a case of a man who tried to refuse a million dollars. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The Casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. It doesn't take a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, to realize that nobody ever gets anything for nothing. I pushed my way through the crowd of reporters camped outside Timothy O'Toole's apartment door. Hey, Jerry, what are you doing here? Gonna be Timothy's bodyguard now that he's worth a million? I shrugged, didn't answer, because I had no answer. I knocked three times as prearranged... Oh, it's you, Jerry. Okay, come on in. Timothy O'Toole's apartment was a three-room cold water flat on Willow Street, in which he lived with his wife and two kids. Until yesterday, Timothy had been an employee of the sanitation department, a garbage collector. Today, he was a millionaire, or so the papers claimed. Oh, boy, am I glad to see you, Jerry. Uh, sit down. Uh, hey, Agnes, bring me friend Jerry Browning a chair. I smiled at Timothy's scared-looking, plain little wife. Thanks, Mrs. O'Toole. Now, Timothy, what's this all about? Did your great-uncle in San Diego really leave you a million? Timothy didn't answer at once. Finally, Jerry, the money's really been left me. Except I never had a great-uncle or any other kind of relative in San Diego or any place else. Jerry, they gave a million dollars to the wrong man. The garbage collector was willed a million dollars and admitted to me that he had no right to the inheritance. Now, wait a second, Timothy. A great uncle is kind of a distant relative. Not that distant, Jerry. My father and mother had no brothers or sisters. I have accused to have other kids for me to be a great uncle to. Timothy, I lost you halfway through, but I get the general idea. Just what is it you want me to do? Jerry, if it's a mistake, I don't want the money. But if I did have some relative I never heard about, I'd like for you to find that out. I grinned at him. Okay, Timothy. You're an honest man. I'll go to work on it right away. At the legal offices of Jenkins, Rafferty, Greystock, and McComb, the senior partner told me The inheritance is from Patrick McCarran, Mr. O'Toole's great uncle on the maternal side, and it's fully in order. In fact, uh, this is Mr. George Quentin, the late Mr. McCarran's general manager. I shook hands with Quentin, who was big, bluff, and heavily tanned. Glad to meet you, Mr. Browning. I worked 18 years for old McCarran. Heard him mention a great-nephew many times, always meant to look him up. And no surprise left all his money to him, had no other relative. That's fine, Mr. Quentin. But how can you be sure Timothy O'Toole is the great-nephew? Quentin shrugged. That's lawyer work. Name is right. O'Toole comes from the right town. He's the right age. Lives on Willow Street. Has the right father's and mother's name. That's good enough for me. Of course, I'm no lawyer. We kicked it around some more, but it was plain that both Quentin and the lawyer were satisfied that they had the right legatee. The law firm was reputable. The million was real. So, okay, gentlemen, I guess Timothy O'Toole is just a lucky man. I reported back to Timothy, refused a fee since I hadn't done any real work, congratulated him on his good fortune, warned him not to let anybody swindle him out of his money. It was all I could do without a full-scale investigation, and by now, Timothy, obviously, was beginning to enjoy his wealth. That's all there was to it. Except that about six months later, another case took me to California. (laughs) California. I finished my job days ahead of schedule, decided to spend some time driving down the coast, enjoying the scenery. That's how I happened to be in a small town north of San Diego where I picked up the news that a millionaire had recently purchased a mansion. His name was Timothy O'Toole. Remember me? Sure, I remember you, Jerry Browning. What do you want? Timothy That's no way to talk to an old friend. Aren't you going to ask me in? Well, uh, uh, we've got some fancy friends visiting. and uh, uh, Nice seeing you, Jerry, if you're passing by some other time. Drop in. How do you like that? Snubbed by a guy who used to be grateful for a cup of coffee on a cold morning. I turned to leave. And as I did, caught a glimpse of a face at a window. The face of plain little Mrs. O'Toole, as plain as ever. And white with fright. I saw her only for an instant, but that was enough. Instead of heading back home, I went to San Diego. In San Diego, everybody knew about Patrick McCarran. He'd started with a lunch counter, expanded over the years to one of the largest chains of drive-in restaurants in the state. His death had been abrupt, a heart attack brought on by acute indigestion. The assistant district attorney wasn't happy with me. Mr. Browning, you can't expect us to exhume a body and suspicion such as you've recounted. Mr. O'Toole and his general manager, Quentin, will fight such a request, and, well, frankly, I can't say I'd blame him. Look, sir, I have every reason to believe Mr. McCarran was murdered, poisoned is my guess. But why? Who had anything to gain? Except O'Toole, who was over 2,000 miles away at the time. No, Mr. Browning, I can't do anything for you. Until and unless you come here with concrete evidence. Oh! I spent the next day watching the O'Toole mansion. Quentin went in and out several times, but neither O'Toole nor his wife ventured outside the grounds. What were they afraid of? They had the money. Nobody could take it away from them. Or could it be taken away? I went back to San Diego, registered at a hotel, and then made some phone calls home. All I wanted to find out was did George Quentin ever have an opportunity to meet Timothy O'Toole before McCarran had died? I got the answer fast. Quentin had been on a visit to our city the year before McCarran died, spent two weeks there, then returned to California. Maybe you don't think that's very concrete evidence, but it was enough to get McCarran's body exhumed. Gentlemen, this body has enough poison in it to have killed six men. Okay, let's get a warrant for Quentin's arrest. Quentin never did confess, but we convicted him just the same, through the testimony of Timothy O'Toole and his wife. Was a careful, clever murder. Quentin knew that if he made himself legatee of McCarran's will, there'd be suspicion and investigation. So he picked a legatee carefully, somebody 2,000 miles away, a poor, humble guy with approximately the right type of family background, a man who'd love wealth once he became a little accustomed to it, a man who could be controlled thereafter by hinting what the man already knew, that he had no real right to the inheritance. Well, Timothy's back with the sanitation department, but he's a department head now. As befits a man who was once a millionaire. Like I said, you can bet a million that easy money is generally the toughest kind to keep.